So hey guys, how is going? This is Sunil. Hi, uh, this is Abhilash. And you're listening to SaaS Sessions podcast. Today's episode is with Ravi Teja Rodda. Ravi is the co-founder and CEO of Moengage. So Moengage is an intelligent marketing cloud built for the mobile-first world. With Moengage, companies can orchestrate campaigns across channels like push, email, in-app messaging, web push, and SMS with auto optimization towards higher conversions powered by machine learning. All right, here we go. So today, Moengage is probably one of the hottest startups in India. And I'm super excited to hear about your entrepreneurial journey, Ravi. And uh, your, we'd like to know your thoughts and experiences with Moengage. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Sunil and Abhilash. Uh, thanks for inviting me to the podcast. Uh, and uh, look forward to sharing our story. Awesome. So let's start with uh, you know Moengage. I believe that uh, Moengage is short for mobile and engage. And uh, it obviously leads to you know what Moengage is today. Maybe you could start with giving us your background and uh, you know what exactly is Moengage. Sure, sure. I think um, on the on the word like Mo Engage, I mean, uh, so when we, when we initially thought of the naming, I mean, we thought it, it should be like something around mobile first engagement, um, and uh, and then it can it can be more engagement, it can be multi-channel engagement. <laughs> so it, it 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 actually surrounds a lot of different things that we are doing right now. So it actually started off where um, before Mo Engage, um, Yashwant and I. Um, we were uh, running a consumer business before. It is a mobile app company called Delight Circle. Okay. Um, and uh, while we were doing that, we have we scaled it up to kind of 200k use installs. Um, and uh, while we were doing that, we have seen challenges driving user engagement ourselves as a mobile app company. Um, and uh, we looked at various tools in the ecosystem. Um, we have seen tools like Google Analytics and Mixpanel there, which are just providing aggregate insights into the customer behavior but not the ability to act on those insights. And then there are these marketing automation tools, but all of them are built for email and web, but not built for today's mobile-first companies. Um, so, and this is something, there's a pain point since we have observed ourselves. And uh, so we, we start, we founded MoEngage uh, out of the pain point, and we start off in mid of 2040. Um, that's, that's, that's the genesis. Okay. Perfect. And uh, Ravi, you mentioned that uh, you uh, met uh, Yashwant and both of you started the light circle. So based on the pain point that you saw that uh, you had challenges in uh, marketing automation, yep. how did you come up, like, how did you know that, okay, both of you can go ahead and start off with Moing Italy? How did that idea like turn out? I think, yeah, so our journey goes much way back, uh, even before Moing Italy, even before Delight Circle. So um, it's, we both uh, are classmates at IIT, studied computer science together. Uh, back in starting from 2006. So we have known each other like now it's almost like 13 years, right? Uh, yeah, and that at IIT, we, we did few, we did a small SMS marketing soft startup uh, that was more centered centered towards the college press. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's kind of like we, we were doing things, we always wanted to uh, build products which can impact users, which can, uh, uh, which, which, uh, which people would like to use. And that's that's what we always wanted to do, and uh, so we just worked for like Cisco Systems, and he worked for a different company for seven months after undergrad, and then and then we 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 always we thought okay let's just start off um, because we are not um, let's and and then we said okay let's start off uh, with something around mobile location social and that's how we started like circle. So we always wanted to build products which people really want to use. Awesome. So I, I mean, like the entrepreneurial spirit was there in both of you, like since since the college times, I guess. Yes. That's awesome. And so, how how big is the team at Moengage today? So Moengage is currently a team of one seventy five people. 
it would be probably 200 people in the next three to six months. Okay, and that's in four years? Yes, we are little less than five years old as a company. Awesome. And, you know, is, is timing a big factor here uh, in, when it comes to, you know, starting a company like Moving Age? Because you started one before as well, but, uh, yep. you know, that, that, that probably didn't go well or that probably something happened. And, uh, you know, now you started Moving Age and four years, you're probably close to 200. And so is timing a big factor here, which helped you grow to so fast where you are today? Yeah, I think, see, for me, in my opinion, timing is very, is a, is a key factor. I would put that as like marketplace time is a combination that I would love to look at it. Which market that you're actually targeting and the whether um, and what you're doing, whether why is it relevant at the time, right? So the, I would agree to that. Um, so for Moving Age, I, uh, I think uh, there was a cusp of change that was happening at the point of time in 2014, where there are two, two factors, right? One is companies are, and companies are basically uh, used to build for web first, and then they started building uh, more towards a mobile-first uh, customer behavior, right? So they're basically, um, I mean, more focused on like okay, having a great mobile app or having a great mobile website, right? And then not just like uh, internet-first companies. It started off with internet-first companies, but even now the uh, over the last three years, enterprises are undergoing this transformation with mobile at the center, right? Then there's a second change that was timing that was happening that people were moving the focus from acquiring users to retaining and users and driving conversions, right? So in 2014, when we start off, I mean, we are actually a pioneer of this whole mobile marketing automation awesome. in, uh, in, the, in, this, uh, in, in this space, right? So we had to educate people uh, about, okay, why they should think about having a tool for basically retaining and uh, driving conversions, right? Um, the good part is, I mean, since we are seeing the pain on ourselves and we try to do things ourselves, so, so in, the initial people who bought the product, they basically just bought from us as people, not actually bought from us as a company. Right. Right. So, I mean, they were able to relate to us very well uh, because they of the problem that we were uh, solving. Right. So, uh, the the changing in the market. So, for example, the world was moving towards the mobile. So, you, you say like you know this this change in the market also helped your company like more engaged, yes. also grow and have more customers. And you know, so since the so the timing, obviously, you said like it affected, and you were at the right place at the right time right, with the right audience at the right uh, with the right product. Yeah. And maybe that that. Did that help you scale up so quickly? Yes, yes, exactly. I mean, I think, um, so obviously, as I mentioned, I mean, the timing uh, was was the key. And, uh, but at the same time, we made sure that we asked, we kind of uh, moved faster. So, so we took a very lean approach with Moengage. I mean, because that was, that came out of our experience with the previous company. That means the previous company spent like one and a half year building the product because we were, we were engineers and we were trying to be too perfect, right? Okay. With Moengage, I mean, we said, okay, let's take very lean approach. Uh, we started pitching to people with just a PowerPoint uh, and with just like a mock prototype in place. Uh, we validated the concept very quickly. Uh, we got people who were paying customers. And then since we are good, in, I mean, since we are engineers very well, I mean, we started building the product in parallel. Awesome. Right? It's okay. a very, we took a very lean approach. Uh, we validated that people are ready to pay for the product that we want to build. And then we started building it in parallel. Right? So, um, and some of our initial customers were, Taxi for sure, which got, later got acquired by Ola, uh, Snapdeal, uh, Shopclose, CFP, and uh, Ghana, and others, right? So, uh, so we, we had to move very fast. That was really matter. I mean, and that's the culture that we built at Moengage even over the last four and a half years that we have pioneered the category mobile marketing automation, uh, and we have pioneered so many capabilities over the course of this four to five years. And we believe that that culture of how we 
um, how we are able to kind of question the status quo has mm-hmm. helped us uh, kind of uh, win in this, uh, has, has helped us succeed in what we are doing right now. Interesting. Interesting. And uh, Ravi, you also mentioned that earlier, uh, while you went ahead and uh, facing, uh, basically you went ahead, saw the problem and you built the prototype and in parallel you built the product as well and you got the initial set of customers. But now Moving is a global company. Like, How exactly did that shift happen where you first started with moving to people in India and all of, and then move into the global market? And again, with having a lean deal. Yeah, I think that's a great question. So just to give set some context, currently 70% of business happens out of India, outside of India. Right. Uh, so that we're one seven or seven zero. Only 30 to 35 percent of business comes from India. The remaining so remaining the whole chunk of the business comes from uh, outside India. Right. So that's a big shift that has happened mm-hmm. over the course of the last three four years now. Um, so we have uh, again in this. Um, so till end of 2015, we were majorly focused in India as a market. Um, and in fact, I mean, we, um, right from, just to give you some context, again, right, right from day one, we always thought of it as a global opportunity. Um, and that is, I mean, incorporated the company in the US. Uh, we were part of an accelerator called Alchemist in, the, in 2014. Uh, but initially, even though we were in the US for, for a good amount of uh, time in the initial stages, but we were targeting the Indian market because that was the Indian market was at the cusp of that consumer uh, growth. Uh, so we targeted with Indian customers. Uh, we were one of the leading players in the Indian market by end of 2015, working with the, some of the largest companies. Then we started thinking that after 2015, we raised our series around financing. So we started growing. Uh, we have some huge growth plans. As we started thinking about, okay, the growth, we thought we should not be restricting ourselves to the Indian market. And uh, we realized that okay, we should start working on the international markets pretty quickly. So we went both, unlike all investors keep saying that okay, we should always go to the West, we went both East and West. So we went into Southeast Asia in 2016 and also in the US, right? And over the last three end of three years, we we educated Southeast Asia market in 2016, did the replicated our playbook of India Awesome. Uh, started working with some of the largest customers in uh, Indonesia. Now we now work with three out of top four e-commerce marketplaces and top to three companies in every keyword in Indonesia. And uh, in the last one and a half year, we established in US and Europe, right? So what we realized is that when we look at new markets, we always wanted someone who hustles in the beginning. Um, and uh, and that's something we we uh, we have got in Southeast Asia, when we expand Southeast Asia, we found some, uh, one of my uh, friends who is also a co-founder of the company, he started the growth expansion for, the, for that market. So um, I think one thing we have been able to do is we have been able to replicate our success from one market to the other. Uh, I think that's that's because of a, I think a Western class product that we have. Uh, and uh, and then and then if, and then replicate what we have been able to do in one market to the other. Yeah. Uh-huh. Awesome, Ravi. And uh, like, as you mentioned that uh, based on traditionally moving to the West, you moved to the East as well. Uh, did uh, any new geography pose any challenges? Like, uh, did you see any uh, challenge that you would like to share with the audience so that they get to understand uh, how exactly is the market outside India? Yeah, I think that's a great <laughs> question, Avilash. I think, um, so just to give you some sense of the international markets that we are, right? So. Uh, in the currently, like in the international markets, like half of the international market business comes from Southeast Asia, and then the half comes from US and Europe. 
So think of like India is one third, Southeast Asia is another one third, and US and Europe is one third, right? Um, and uh, so that's kind of very fair, very great distribution. Um, and uh, when we so you can look at how Southeast Asia, US and Europe have become so big as a, in terms of the right. markets for us. Um, and probably a year down the line, it would be much more different. So if, when we looked at if you look at some of the problems that we faced in these new markets, I think uh, so. First, first point is to basically you should be patient when you're looking at a new market. Mm-hmm. Every new market, you need to think of it as a different product market fit. Mm-hmm. So what you're doing in India, you can't just say that okay, now we are growing from zero to one. And like let's say you're you're growing by 25% quarter on quarter in India. Now you start going to new market, you can't expect 25% growth in the right in the beginning. The first 10 customers. We, we look at any new market as get the first 10 credible customers in the ideal customer profile that you have. Okay. And then hustle towards that. That okay. would take some time. That would take probably a year, sometimes two years. Mm-hmm. After, once you get to that first piece, then post that, you can start building the sales engine. Awesome. And then grow. Then from that zero to one and then one to five, one to five will be much quicker. Right. Okay. So, so sometimes again, so you need to be patient. So for us that, that initial 10 customers uh, took, uh, I think in Southeast Asia, it took probably like 15 months. Okay. But after that, the growth is much faster. Awesome. Right? US took even more time. Uh, and uh, we, we sh- I mean, US, because there's so much noise in the market, there's so many companies selling to our same buyers. Um, it's it's a, So you need to first answer, in, in US, since it's a very sophisticated market, right? They, they want to generally know, okay, who do you work with in the US? That's a very right. question that you keep getting, right? Then you need to figure out your niche. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we figured out our niche in the media media segment in the beginning. And uh, that, took, that took a lot of hustling in the beginning. We took that. And then we, we established some credible customers in the media segment. Then we were able to kind of scale it up very well in the last one of year in the, in the US as well. So always just think about like the next small milestones instead of thinking at a very big, right? So is is it like you know when you're set, expanding to a new geography? So it is like setting up a new whole whole new startup there, right? So it's like ground, starting yes. up from the ground and doing all the work. Just just the difference here is like you already have the product. Yeah, that you is the only difference. Yeah, that's the only difference. I see. Yes, that's and right. uh, so I, I believe that you know expanding to mar- uh, new geographies outside India would require a lot of obviously money, right? So but so when did you say you close your first round of funding? So our first round was more of an uh, accelerator round. We were part of an accelerator called Alchemist. Right. So that we, we did the round in like August, September. That was a small 30K check. 2016. Yeah, 2014. Okay. 2014. 2014. Okay. That was a small like a 30K check from Alchemist. Then we did our seed round in uh, like Q4 2014. Okay. Uh, that was from that was backed by Helion right. Ventures. Uh, and it's like an exception from Helion because it's a... So they're a typical Series A B fund, but right. we were an exception for them. Right? Awesome. Uh, and then we did the Series A in 2015 and then uh, Series B in 2018. Yeah. Awesome. And I believe that a couple of your customers are investors also. So yeah. like Snapdeal and Taxi for sure were yeah. your customers and they became investors later on. Right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, some, of our, uh, some of the people from our customers actually uh, became customers because of they, 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 they have seen the product, right? I mean, right? They have seen the strong validation of how we have evolved as a product. So, so Kunal and Rohit from Snapdeal, Raghunandan right. from Taxi for sure, Anand Chandrasekharan from uh, who used to uh, see us at uh, Airtel and, uh, and Snapdeal as well. Um, similarly, like there's uh, there are a few more, a couple more actually, uh, who have been uh, the customers right. and then and then have invested in us. And, and interestingly, these investors, 
these angel these angel investors have pay, have invested in us in a series A round, which is not <laughs> typical right. for a company. And and when you when you raised your accelerator round and after that when you raised your uh, exceed round, so in between that time, so how did you decide? You know that you are ready that Boeing is ready to raise more funds and you know what yeah. what, what were those funds exactly for? Was was it for expanding into new? Uh, markets, as you mentioned, or was it uh, for just to develop the product more, or was it to hire a good sales and marketing team? So, what, yeah. and how did you reach the stage like that? Yeah, you're taking me back like four years. So, <laughs> so, so, yeah. I mean, the seed happened in like end of 2014, and uh, I mean that was a sum to get on, right? Suppose that I mean, so we were actually going to hyper growth phase in early 2015 uh, as well. So we were we were adding customers like we um, and uh, and we and and the product. Is growing very fast, uh, and we were we are sending some scaled customers, right? I mean, Snapdeal and Ghana and so on at that point of time. So we so um, and we actually thought of raising a smaller round. It ended up becoming a bigger. Awesome. I did not even initially plan for a series around in early 2015. Uh, I mean, there was there was good interest that we saw, and uh, and then uh, the, at the same time, I mean, we have seen hyper growth in our customer base, product plans, scaling. So, so we invested. I mean, the, the investment that we raised in Series A was both towards uh, sales growth as well as the international growth. I would say, like because post the Series A that we did, we started working on our international market expansion as well. At the same time, the product uh, development as well. Awesome. So, uh, is it so the 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 raise of funds was it because of you know uh, getting good traction or was it because of the uh, like the high-profile uh, clients that you were closing in, like Ghana and uh, the other clients you mentioned. Yeah, it is traction. Obviously, I mean the yeah. traction and more. I mean, see when series rounds happen, right? Series rounds are more uh, happen towards potential. Okay, right? so mm-hmm. they the investors have seen the potential, the in terms of the customer segment that we have, that the number of companies that we can actually sign up over the next seven to eight years, and then so it's it's more towards the potential how how large this company can become. Right, and can the com- as the company achieve broad market fit? So they have seen that the company has achieved broad market fit. It's more around now. You you know now it's more around that okay. If I had one salesperson, how much they can add a million ARR, okay. uh, right? So or million quota, right? So so they have seen that the company has achieved broad market fit. They have seen that there's strong potential for the company. So it's more around now. It's it's more about okay. Let's put in capital, which will easily help us expand. Right. And, and coming back to today, like what are some activities that Moingish is doing now in terms of, like, is it on the hypergrowth track today as well? Yeah, yes, yes, we are. Uh, we have been growing anywhere from 120 to 150% year on year for the last three years, okay. actually, consistently doing it. Um, and uh, and over the last one and a half years, we have significantly grown in the enterprise customer segment. Um, we, we signed... Um, some large enterprise customers, customers like McAfee, Deutsche, uh, a large Fortune 500 bank, which we are yet to announce, yeah. um, uh, a large FMCG, the global FMCG brand, which we are yet to announce. Awesome. So we, are, we work, currently we work with about uh, seven Fortune 500, global Fortune 500, seven oh, of them. Um, and um, so we, we are seeing a rapid growth, um, adding, uh, we, I think um, I was mentioning the recent town hall that uh, we grown like 50% uh, in terms of our overall business in the last f- four months, okay, uh, right. Uh, so, so that's we're seeing strong growth, um, and um, so and and more importantly, what we what we are doing right now in terms of activities you mentioned is that we realize that uh, 
there's only there's only 50 percent that's that's about building a world class platform and sharing it. But there's a more 50 percent value that we need to help companies leverage solutions like us better to drive growth, right? And towards this uh, aspect, we we started to do a lot more uh, events uh, like like hash growth events that we did in right. uh, early this year. To the idea is to get these growth back practitioners yeah. um, from some of these good companies, mm-hmm. come and bring them at one place, sh- get them to share what's working for them, what's not working for them, what, for them, so that there's a lot more real takeaways for the uh, for the community. Because we saw this lack of a strong growth community uh, where people can share uh, in terms of learnings around uh, driving growth, right? And uh, that's that's something we are helping build. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's that's some that's some of the key initiatives that we are taking uh, over the course of the next two one two years. So uh, yeah, uh, talking in terms of events that you are doing. Uh, so what, what what's your uh, like what are your plans with the events? Like what are future plans? What do you want to have that event as? So on the on the on our on um, Moingish our own events, I think uh, so we plan to do three uh, large scale events every year awesome. across our uh, key geographies, the key, three key geographies: India, Southeast Asia, and US. Um, and then we and then we plan to do smaller, a good number of the smaller ones as well. We call it as hash growth mixers. Okay. Uh, these would be the small scale events, like it would be probably like uh, having a panel and then like 30, 40 people. Um, and those are some things that we are doing. I mean, we are doing one in the Vietnam next month, and then in Singapore. So we have like almost we are we are planning to do almost uh, two events every month. These yeah. are the smaller smaller scale events as well. Again, the same towards the same objective that I mentioned. Right. And what what exact outcome do you expect from these events? Like apart from what you already mentioned. Yeah, I mean, so for more engage, I mean, the outcome will be around uh, driving a lot more awareness about more engage, and also uh, uh, like helping ensure we. Instead of retelling how Moengage helps, it would be creative. One of our customers uh, talk about how they are driving growth and where Moengage is an enabler, right? Awesome. So it's, it's, it, it indirectly helps us. Uh, there's right. no, and it also helps us build the brand, right? right? And that's 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 what those, those are the outcomes from the Moengage perspective. Awesome, yeah. And recently, uh, I saw on social media that you set a record uh, of sending you know two two point eight billion notifications in a single day on the election day here in India. Yeah. So you you know tell us tell us more about it like how it happened and how did you support it? Yeah, I think um, so on this piece right. I mean, uh, um, I think it mainly showcases how the technology can scale, how the platform can scale uh, at that at that at that scale right. Uh, uh, that's basically like from. The day before to the day that day, it's like you're basically talking about 2.3x, right? The elasticity of the platform is what is what makes it unique right. about that milestone. It's not just about that. What is that milestone, right? Uh, so, so that's that's one key thing. And the second thing is in that in that in that uh, uh, in that milestone that we had, we have customers sending 30 to 40 million notifications in a single minute for the election alerts, right? Oh. Because it's very important for some of our customers uh, to be the first. When they are sending an alert, right, and that's what we are enabling these uh, companies that way. They can actually they do this through this like, feature we have called Express Campaigns, right. um, and where we are able to send the uh, the relevant alert to all these audiences at the most in the, the the least amount of time. Awesome. So, uh, uh, talking in terms of technology, like what what's next for Moving as well as Heredit? Uh, in terms of the product vision, uh, our 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 overall vision as a company is that we want to help. Uh, our business to build a the most trusted, world's most trusted customer engagement platform 
that helps consumer brands personalize every user interaction right so our our customers which are consumer brands they have like if you look at an oyo or a macfee right so they they have these different touch points with their customers this could be your mobile app website mobile website call center offline and so on right so we want to be able to uh, help these companies personalize each of these touch points and personalize uh even the time the content of this of the of this uh, interactions that happen because it's of this touch points and that's the vision and towards that vision uh, we are we have three key product pillars that we are working, that we are investing into the the multi channel marketing automation uh marketing and product analytics and uh, web and app personalization products in the, in this in the next uh, two years so you, you can see us like evolving more as a multi product company at a high level it and what what do you think about you know expanding into new markets is there is there something you know new for mohinesh that's been coming or that's been planned uh, so currently we we are focus markets are these five geographies uh, india southeast asia us europe and middle east regions okay. um uh, probably till next year we will start till end of this year we'll focus on this markets we want to go deep into this markets and uh, yeah i mean you can see us expanding more over the course of next next uh, one year as well into anz and other markets as well awesome perfect thanks for sharing these insights into the journey of mo engage uh, ravi we also uh, like as you mentioned the product is built for global scale and it's moving to many more geographies yep. and we we are sure that we'll see more uh, people use and get value from the platform now uh, i just wanted to uh, quickly take you through like a quick lightning round where we wanted to okay. get general information from you for the gen audience like uh, can you tell us like an indian saas startup that you admire and why apart from going is apart yeah i think uh, in my opinion that would be freshworks uh, okay. i mean probably it's, it's the the favorite one for probably for many others right okay uh, i think what i like about freshworks is i mean i mean because it's it's similar to how our ambitions are uh, and that is the reason i mentioned about freshworks uh, that how they have evolved as a multi product company multi geography company um and then though they started from smb focus i think they are now now doing lot more enterprise that is one difference between freshworks and us we are lot more mid market enterprise focus uh and uh, where in our case we we, we can't uh differentiate on price when you're looking at mid market enterprise we need to differentiate on value right and oh, that's good. something we we are in but that's that's the startup that i really look at perfect and which other startup ceo do you admire like yeah so i, I mean my my favorite is elon elon musk uh that's that's is um i even yeah. from india <laughs> yeah even from india hmm so do i mean personally much interacted a lot I admire Sachin, Sachin Mansur. Okay. Because I think he has put India on the world map, and uh, I mean, when I was starting off in 2010, 11, right? That was my previous startup. I mean, I looked. So Flipkart is kind of like um, is the is the poster child of Indian startup ecosystem, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and uh, it has brought India into the world map, and I think that's. Uh, I think that's the reason I, I admire uh, Sachin. Uh, I've, I've done, I've had a couple of interactions, but haven't personally interacted with him a lot. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, also a book uh, that you would recommend as a founder for anyone else who's running a company that he can get some inspiration from. If you are running a uh, enterprise software company, 
you should probably look read uh, behind the cloud okay by mark benioff uh, okay. it has i think um, it takes through how salesforce has basically like really kind of established uh, themselves uh, the other one i look at is the this a uh, zendesk's biography uh, okay zendesk biography i don't remember the exact name it's it's of michael swain's uh biography about how zendesk has actually like started off in europe and then actually grown into the us and uh, uh built a uh, built a billion dollar company awesome so that that brings us to the end of this awesome conversation with you ravi so thanks for taking this time and thanks for doing this thanks for having me also yeah awesome thanks so yeah thank you thanks a lot thank you